I ain't gonna expose. I'm not like that. I'm not a snitch. Virginity. Mm-hmm. Hush, hush, stop. Yeah. They love me. Let's see if your parents raise you. It's deeper than the physical. What up, fam? Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the juxtaposition, everyone. Welcome back to the juxtaposition. I'm your host, Nana, alongside my lovely co-host, like we say every week. Janet. And Bernice. Well, we have a special guest today, as you can see. Today's going to be a great episode. I'm just going to do my little introduction, guys. So if I look at my phone, it's because I'm reading off of something. But I'm still professional. <laughs> so today we got L.A. Wade. She is award-winning social entrepreneur, executive producer, the host of Cocktails with L.A., a pod, uh, which is a podcast. Uh, she's reality TV star, writer, and spiritual midwife. She holds a Master of Education and has worked as a register and seasonal... Seasonal. Sessional. 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 Sorry. Sessional lecturer for 11 years. (laughs) She has a wonderful story to tell, and today we just got her here on the podcast, and we're just going to have a great conversation. L.A. Wade, how are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Sorry, that name is so cool because Dwayne Wade's my favorite basketball player. Oh, I know. Player. I used to like low-key lie and sometimes with people, <laughs> like a cop pulled me over and they got my, they read my license and, I, and they asked, are you related to Dwayne Wade? Oh, wow. And I'm like, we're not supposed to really talk about it. <laughs> and then he's like, I understand. And he's kind of oh, like, so <laughs> yeah, I'll lie. I'll straight wow. lie if I'm going to get it. Like. Sorry, but like, yeah. So is the Wade part for your love for Wade, or is it actual like a part of Wade is my last name, my actual last name. Oh, nice. L.A. stands for Lorianne. Yeah, so Lorianne, and and it's not even hyphenated, but because it sounds like it is, yeah. yeah, People just started calling me L.A. You know, people like to just shorten your name. They don't ask you whatever. They're just like, what's up, man? B. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that was kind of how it happened from a long time ago. I work at the University of Toronto still, oh, okay. and um, the, pro- the vice provost calls me L.A. So there's really, like, everyone calls me L.A. That's just mm. how, what it is. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really great to be here. I feel blessed and highly favored to be in the presence of young people who, you know, at least pursuing a relationship with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And we'll break that down in a little bit yeah, when you yeah, start yeah, asking yeah. me questions. But, yeah, it's really, really great to be here. Thank you. No worries. It's a pleasure. So can you tell us about your background and like kind of like you said you work for um, UFT. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background if possible. Uh, Okay, so I work for the University of Toronto. I actually, um, first of all, I left, I ran away from home at 16. Mm -hmm. So I had to drop out of high school right before I graduated. Mm -hmm. And I started working retail and I lived in a basement apartment. And from that experience, I ended up working... Um, with some youth, and the program was called Blueprint for Life, and I would go into different schools. This was back in 98, 99. Mm -hmm. That's right, I'm older. Um, (laughs) You were just born. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You were just born. So back in those times when there was all that killing and stuff, which continues today, but they always act like it's novel and it's the only time that it's happening. So back then it was also like a lot of killing of black people, um, not by police, but by each other. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, DJ X was uh, this DJ at CKLM because we didn't have Flow 93.5 or any commercial radio stations yet. And they were able to um, ask me to put together kind of like a seminar for 
people to understand who they are better in relation to the violence that was happening, because maybe if we knew more, we would do less violence to one another, right? And so we did this thing called Blueprint for Life. We traveled around a bunch of schools, and I, and I won a Scotiabank um, a Car Caribbean African Achievement Award for it. Wow. And um, it was a really great time. That was back in the 1990, late 90s, early. It, I ended it in 2000 because I had my first son back then. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just, it's been an interesting journey in terms of that. But U of T, in regards to U of T, I ended up going through a program there called the Transitional Year Program. And in this program, you don't have to graduate from high school to be able to get an opportunity to go into the university. Wow. Or if you have really poor grades for one reason or another, it's hard for a lot of people, mm -hmm. and it impacts how they're able to go to school. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they allowed, a, they did an eight-month program and allowed these students to get the equivalent of credits towards their arts and science degree. Once they successfully completed the program, they were automatically accepted. They didn't have to apply. And um, it still goes on today. And after doing that, I did my undergrad, and then I did my master's. And right out of my master's, they hired me to be the registrar because, well, they just thought, <laughs> you might as well. Yeah. She's, you, know, you know how LA is. <laughs> and so I just, because it gave me such an opportunity, I think I really threw my heart into that program. And so I have, I'm now, it's now, I think I'm in my 13th year working at U of T. Wow. And so that was, and it was at U of T when I was going to school that I got baptized because I had been saved back in, I got saved probably around the same 90s time, mm -hmm. that before, probably just before you were born. <laughs> and um, I never got baptized right away. I don't know why people don't do like, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the it's weight the fear. is. Yeah. It's yeah. the fear? Okay, yeah. well, I'm fearless in a sense. So I just, <laughs> so, but I didn't do it. I don't remember why I didn't do it. And then we went to, um, I went to U of T. And as I was going to school there, I did my undergrad in sociology and religious study. And I'm learning about all of these other religions. And I'm learning the, the way that the science world and the, the, the um, carnal world mm -hmm approaches even education and I, I saw it as like a, a devil colonization <laughs> yeah. of our spirit mm -hmm. as well because you kind of get disassociated and you start to replace what you know in your spirit to be true with the world mm -hmm. and you you kind of can start to lose yourself but for some reason God has had his hand on me since I was little which you'll get into in a second yeah. with my past and so I don't know what it was but he just guided me. And when I hear God speak, like when I met Janet and I spoke to that, um, I also felt that same impulsion to, it's time now. Now is, I have to do it now, 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 now. Everything becomes really urgent. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's good because I have anxiety. <laughs> so when you feel the urgency, yeah. you can kind of feel like you're losing a sense yeah. of your control. Right. Yeah. right? And that's never a good feeling. But that's part of the development and evolution of who you are. And it, what we do is we judge ourselves on every aspect of who we are as people and then feel like, yes, we're falling short, but then you feel like you are short of God's glory. Yeah. But you're not. You're not short of it. You are, you're always that. No matter if I say something, I think Stephen Furtick was talking the other day about um, when never becomes now, he was the saying. And it's basically, have you ever said, I'll never ever do that. Yeah. And then you find yourself in a situation that makes you do the very thing right. that you said you would yeah. never do. Yeah. And so that's God. Yeah. 
because it's like sometimes you have to go with the ebbs and flows. Yeah. And so if you can just find a mindfulness, relaxation, peaceful you know, conversation or peace with sitting with somebody you really vibe with, which is God, yeah. you can be like, yes, this stuff sucks, yeah. but this is not me. This is the situation where I have to do something that I never thought I would need to do. Yeah. And it just calls for it. It's a survival technique. Yeah, nice. sorry, that was a long no, one. Okay. It, it, My bad. I talk for a living. <laughs> talk for a living. Okay. Well, let's just get into your childhood. We spoke oh, about boy. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to get real now. Open up the floodgate. Yeah, Speak okay. about your childhood because you kind of touched a little bit about it, but if you want to Yeah, share. man, my childhood. What? I don't even. Let's start with where did you grow up? Okay, so I grew up in Mississauga. Okay. I was actually born across the street from Sherway Gardens in Etobicoke mm -hmm. and then moved to Mississauga. And somewhere between that birth and five years old, there were various people in my family, specifically male, mm -hmm. that felt that they had a right over my body, mm -hmm. a right over how I should think about certain things. Yes. Before I had the concept of who I was. Right. So I never really got to evolve knowing who I was, um, which I guess is a blessing now because I don't feel that attachment to being a certain way right, right, because yeah. I was never, I never created yeah. that for myself. Right. It was always based, which has its downfalls, of mm -hmm. course. So I, um, well, somewhere between um, five and forever, feels <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just, um, I learned about myself uh, just as a person and also as a sexual being mm -hmm. through the touch of people that were supposed to be um, caregivers. Keeping you safe. Yeah. yeah, keeping me safe, my protectors. Yeah. And then because of the immigrant situation in terms of trying to position yourself economically, mm -hmm. especially back then, it, it was hard for my mom. So she had to work like three jobs. So I was left alone a lot. Mm -hmm. And so now she blames herself. So the, the, this, um, this whole thing just starts to permeate the entire family. Right. So I think that what we don't understand is, at least in our community, that um, you know, when something happens to someone there, it's happening in so many other places. I'm on my way to Kenya tomorrow mm -hmm. for a documentary I'm doing with Selena Caesar Chavan. And the woman at the concierge that arranges our flight uh, she said that she works for an organization where um, she donates sanitary napkins mm -hmm. to women yeah. because if she doesn't, men use sexual favors for them to be able to be wow. able to have it. Mm -hmm. So you either have the shame of not being able to, you know, right. put something on to, to clean your, keep yourself clean yeah. or do a sexual favor for this person or else you won't have that. Wow. Wow. Like. I mean, I'm like, yeah, what? That's, that's <laughs> You're like, what this is a normal talking? thing here. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we kind of yeah. just, we don't realize, we don't realize. how so, normal. Yeah, so you should yeah. see my luggage. It has a lot of sanitary yeah. napkins yeah. in there because that's what you do. Yeah. But so, yeah, I was, I was sexually abused and molested from the age of five. And um, I ultimately ran away from home at 16. Um, I, I was very promiscuous. Um, I wasn't asked... I, like, you know, if you see somebody banging their head mm -hmm. over and over again, would you go say, look at her banging her right. head all over and over again, or would you go over and stop me yeah, from banging right. my yeah. head? And there's people that, you know, 
they they are fine just telling somebody mm-hmm. go look at them. Right. There yeah. are people like that. They're yeah. trifling yeah. and they're your trolls. Mm-hmm. You see them on your IG, mm-hmm. right? And so that's those people. Right. But you think of a parent being somebody who wouldn't mm-hmm. be like see their, see their child, child yeah. touch the fire and be and like, "Oh, it's okay." Yeah. Fire, yeah. yeah. And so that's how I felt. Like mm-hmm. my my family saw or maybe they didn't know what was happening to right. me. Or how do you even But I'm banging it? my head against mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. why am I doing that? Right. <laughs> right? Why am I hurting myself? Mm-hmm. So they just uh, they didn't understand and I think the most profound time for me in my abuse was um, there were two major times but the first one is maybe too graphic but the second one it makes me really align to um, Sarah Jakes Roberts mm-hmm. because I was probably 11 or 12 years old when I was um, de- deflowered wow. um, by a rape and um, that situation ended up in a pregnancy mm-hmm. that my I had to go to Detroit to terminate because I didn't know how far along I was and I was only like 11, 12 mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. and my mother said that if we go to the police in this country, they're going to rip you apart mm-hmm. and make it about you and the, and making the shame. And this right. is, I'm sure this is her fear mm-hmm. and I get that, um, but I didn't have a say. Right. And the only reason I, I tell this story so openly <laughs> Is be, I know it's heavy in these streets. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. God is with us. Yeah. It's all good. The only reason I can share this story is because when I had children of my own, I could see their development. And I remember when my oldest son turned seven, and I was like, I've seen this little child. Right. And it was the first time that I recognized that I was a child when that was happening right. to me. Because in your mind, you don't think of yourself yeah. as your age. You right. just know what you know. Right. So I grew up believing that I was doing something, that that's who I am and that's who I was. And, you know, all of the manipulation. And this is what I learned as a way of relating to people, including God. Right. Yeah. right? But there would be times where I would just cry. I would just weep. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you this when I, when I talked to you on the phone that first time is... I didn't know what to say. I was just a child. But I I had this sense that God was listening to my tears and that I was being soothed somehow. And, and even it was a soothing of, here's a mark. Go after it. Here, this is how I want you to try to be. Yeah. Let me go after it. Now, you're not going to make it all the time, but I love you because you, you at least want to please me. You're putting me first. You're sacrificing something that you want for me and, and that's all I'm really asking of you yeah. because that will help me fulfill my purpose. Not that I need you, but because we're in relationship, it's a co-creation, right? right? So that was, that was my, the most um, disturbing part of my childhood. And what happens is, is there's a reverb when something happens. Just There's a process that happens. Right. Just like when you plant a seed, there's a gestation period. Right. And then there's more growth and then more growth. So this situation is very similar to that in the sense that these seeds were planted in me of the abuse, of the manipulation, of the, the trauma, the screaming, the all, all of it. And this is how I'm evolving without anyone intervening and saying... This is how, the rules. This is right. what you do. Right. You're just going off of what you right. know. Right. And with a mother who was absent, and I don't say this to blame my mother because, she, you know, she has to go through her own thing. And what I'm realizing is if when there's abuse, 
there's more than one person in that family that's been abused. And so maybe all of us are in pain, but nobody's talking about it because it's shameful. And uh, when I, not to jump ahead, but there's a, um, a pastor named Pastor Daniel Winter, and I think he's a part of Open Arms Church in Oshawa, I want to say, or Whitby or something. He... I interviewed him on my podcast. I used to do Instagram lives, and I'm very controversial online. And I did a show called Sex and Spirituality, and I wanted the church to friggin' talk the things them. Okay? <laughs> I was sick. Because they don't. Because they don't. And people are out here in their shame. Right. Right? Not even doing it, trying to experience, like, people want to experience, and they're searching themselves instead of getting the guidance already. And yes. And then going out and, like, knowing a pre- you know, exactly. It's like, how do you expect children who get pregnant at 16 not like they don't know nothing? Right. Like, and their parents are probably ashamed to talk about that topic. Of course. For me, my mom never talked about that topic to me. So, right. like, it's just being in the church and being immersed and like putting myself and having other mentors who allow yes. me to they don't talk guide about it. me. You know what I mean? Yes. They don't yes. talk about it because people are struggling out here. No, no. Yeah. And they want to talk, talk about it when you're like out of it. Yeah. Right. You know? When you overcome it. Well, yeah, or when you're pregnant. Or when you, yeah. <laughs> or when you had the abortion. Yeah, when you exactly. Now you want to minister me? Yeah. Get yeah. lost. <laughs> like, what? Right. Hello? Where were you? There's yeah. something called prevention. Right. Right. <laughs> Just saying. Mom always used to say prevention is better yeah, than a cure. You're damn right. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. That's what was going down is that um, I went through a lot of crap and I learned about myself through the eyes of everybody else. Mm -hmm. So imagine your identity is Christ, but you have no idea that that's what that is, and that's where most of us are. Um, I, there's a pastor named Pastor Q Wilson, and he said to me once that it's like we have amnesia, mm -hmm. right? We, ha we have amnesia and we're trying to jog our memory mm -hmm. back to find our identity. And I, I really believe that that's what was happening for me. Is, and now where I sit, is in full memory and in the fullness uh, of Christ. And I just, um, and I'm not like, I go to church I sometimes. I, I watch online mostly because now it's convenient. 2020 just changed the game right. for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm a busy woman and I'm a mother, so it's hard to balance everything. And not that God has to be you know put on a shelf, but I also feel like I'm doing what God's asking me to do. Mm -hmm. So discernment is something else that the church doesn't really teach you what to do in a moment. It's that same, like, I'd never do that, mm -hmm. yet here I am doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd never do that. Then, you know, I should get Yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah. I'm guilty of that as Listen, well. we all are. Yeah. Because, and then you, we say that I'm guilty, I'm guilty, but that's just the human condition. Yeah. So you... You're guilty. So that's where I think that's what it means when they say we're all sinners. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do about that part of it. That's how he made us to be flawed. But the greatest form of love is when you give somebody choice. Right? And that's what God gave us. Mm -hmm. He gave us choice. Do you want to choose me? I'll choose you. Mm -hmm. I've already chosen you. Will you choose me? Right. Right, and that's the choices. So when we make cho um, decisions, when um, we're in situations where we would never do that, mm -hmm. he gave us choice, and we don't exercise our choice like kind of like how well, we don't exercise the when we're gonna put somebody into politics. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. we just play, we just let things happen. Yeah. We don't understand our entitlement to our choices, yeah. and that will be the biggest revival when we do. Yeah. 
I have so many questions in my head, but I just want to ask a question. Yes. No, no question <laughs> is off the table. Clearly. In that, in, in that moment, your five-year-old self, like your whole family dynamic, were you guys, like, was your mom trying to protect the person that was doing that to you? And uh, also... I don't think I, she knew. Okay. So what no. did you and your mom? What she saw... Wait, one second. What she saw... Mm-hmm. Um, was me acting out. Oh, okay. So, so she, to figure out what she didn't want to. F- well, this is the thing. This is the thing about my mom is she's a lovely, wonderful woman. Yes, I love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome. Honestly, she really is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our parents, man, they didn't have the freedom of the faciness that North America has given black children. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yeah. It's given us, you know, the audacity yeah, to yeah, speak. speak up, yeah. Whereas we know that the enslaved people, that, you know, what you pass on is what you know. Yeah. And, and your environment also informs those things. Right. So where they were informed, where they grew up from the enslavement of whoever raised them, um, that was carried on to a point to with us with the way that they used to discipline us. Like licks was just like, it's you're normal. getting like licks, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to cut you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that was taught to us. But then I'm in a place where they're in school and they're like, hitting is bad. You don't spank people and you do timeouts right. and whatever, whatever. Yeah. So that starts to impact me. And I'm just like, you know what? I didn't kind of like the lashes. I'm not going to do that to my children. Mm -hmm. Look, the culture is telling me to do blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So that's how it evolves. Like Mm -hmm. different things evolve. So that's just, that was the culture of the way it was. And so you don't speak. No, right? Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people sometimes, especially in the Caribbean and Africa, they fear for their lives. Mm -hmm. The story I was just telling you, they they literally are doing sexual favors for their like what yeah. for san- to be sanitary I, yeah. I just and then when men don't understand what a patriarchal world looks like mm-hmm. it's like can you hear us now right. <laughs> right. can you hear us now because that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. yeah so we kind of gloss over a lot of things in our society but what I like to do with my branding of the things that I put myself into mm-hmm. is to talk the tings them because I'm not going because I saw what it did to me and I can't help but feel like that was purposed so therefore I don't feel bad about my past that's just a part of what's happening now I'm being used for God somebody who loves me not used for sexual favors by somebody who's manipulating me and hurting me so it's I I choose God all day Mm -hmm. Do I fall back and want to be touched? Hell yeah! Keep it real. <laughs> that's what that yeah. is. As your mind is already there, yeah. too. You know, it's like you can't always forget what has happened. Like it exactly. still feels good, but it's like you have to choose yeah. to do something. Because that's the love, right? Yeah. And me not choosing you doesn't mean not loving you. Right. So that's what we have to read. That's what helps you forgive yourself. Yeah. Is that the and tell you have to communicate that. Mm-hmm. If you're in a relationship, you communicate those yeah. things. It's like, I can't talk to you right now, but it doesn't mean I don't love right. you. Mm. And if you're sincere, that person oh, knows exactly. that. Right? right. right? Yeah. If it's insincere, that person knows that. Mm-hmm. So why do we think it's different with God? Just tell them. Right. Tell him. Right. Her, whoever, whatever you right. want to. My, my God is my God. So mm-hmm. I tell my God that, you know, um, yeah, I smoked a lot of weed this week, God. You know. And it's hard out here in these streets. So that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But it also says, not to like make anybody stumble, but it does talk about um, the law of the land. Mm -hmm. 
that you can follow the rules of the law in the land that you live in. And this is where I live and it's legal here. So I don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a disciplining aspect to everything you do in your life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, if I'm in prayerful or creative mode based on my gifting, then I feel like when God doesn't want me to do something, I will discern or feel <laughs> that that's what he wants me to do. He talks to us. Mm-hmm. He talks to us and we know better. So for me, nothing has convicted me to change anything about who I am, mm-hmm. but there are things that he's nudging me along with because ultimately I know that he wants me to do something mm-hmm. that I have to level up to. I'm not there yet, so, mm-hmm. but that's because this part is a learning ground. Right. Right? So I can't, I can't be resentful of where I am in my development. All of it, it doesn't even mean anything. None of this, we, we apply meaning to everything that we have around us. Mm-hmm. When you're dead or if you can't breathe, all you care about is getting that right, breath right, because yeah. your breath is your life. Mm-hmm. That's your life force. Mm-hmm. So just concentrate on your breath and drink your water and mind your business. <laughs> That's it, folks. And that's it. Shout out to Sarah so Jakes with Roberts. Your story, <laughs> with your story and kind of like, did you feel like God made that happen? And like, how did you? I don't yeah. know if he made it happen, but I know that he allows it to happen. And I guess that's a nuance that we always like, what the heck does that yeah. mean? You're, talk, you're talking like in that. circles. Like, will you talk straight? (laughs) What are you talking about? What do you mean if I do this, but you don't do this, and if you do this? And yeah, it can get confusing for sure, but um, it's a discernment thing Mm -hmm. more than anything. And that's why I don't understand why they don't really emphasize your personal relationship. You know, all of the things and experiences that you have um, are there to formulate any given moment you find yourself in, Mm -hmm. like this one. Everything that I've been doing up until this point has led me here. Mm. Um, did I, you know, was I confused about things that I was doing along the way? Yes. Mm. But that was part of it because now, you know, the, when I talk about the breath and the reflection and the meditation, it's really important because um, it gets revealed to you when you are looking. If you're not looking or you're not hearing, then you miss it. That same Pastor Q told me a story about when, um, uh, I think it was Peter who was fishing mm-hmm. and they didn't catch anything. Mm-hmm. So they came in and, and Jesus tells them to go back out. And he's like, well, only because it's you. Right. Like, because real? Yeah. I've been out there all day. Right. Like, there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing there. Yeah. Stop this. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes because he told him, which says a lot about if you tell me to go and I respect you and, and love you, then I'll listen. Mm-hmm. And the obedience of that type of relationship. A lot of men and women ain't doing that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Um, that's a different conversation. <laughs> so I do that a lot. So then, <laughs> so what happens is they go back out into the water and there's nothing. And I almost feel like Peter wants to say, I told you, bruh, there's right. nothing out right. here. You should listen to me. Right. Yeah, yeah. And instead he needed to listen to God because in a, in a moment there's peace and you can hear clearly when Jesus says, lower your net. Mm-hmm. So timing is really, really important. Right to understanding what we're supposed to do and when to do it, right? You have to hear the instruction of lower your net. You had to be able to hear the timing of lower your net. Mm -hmm. 
And then you have to say, great, be grateful for everything that he's giving you because you can then bless someone else. Because in the story, they have to call to the other boats to come get the catch that really happened when you listen to God's timing and his instruction. Our steps are ordered, but we are so disagreeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Our world, I, I was just we're thinking, so like, bad. Oh my gosh, like so, a lot of people want to do like a certain thing, let's say like, I want to marry this person or whatever. And it's like, maybe not the right time, but they just, they go ahead and do oh, it yeah. and they jump the gun. Hello. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, twice. Jump the gun. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. <laughs> share about that. But yeah, you can share more on yeah. it. But they jump the gun and it's yeah. like, okay, like that was not the right timing. Maybe it could have been that person, but it's not the right timing. It's not the right timing for our expectation, mm-hmm. but it's the right timing for what is purposed for that moment. Right. So we, we, are all narcissistic kind of by nature, not like a disorder, but we think about ourselves. We can't help it, right? So when we have these moments, um, we have to recognize that we're supposed to shrink and allow God to enlarge in. But we also aren't seeing that we want to see ourselves like it's I do I want to look cute when I come here? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello. Yeah. I'm even though I was married twice, it doesn't mean that I can't right. find somebody new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want my covering. Yeah. You know, I know things differently now that I would be more successful, but I also know how to look for what I'm looking looking for as well. We could talk about that, too. Um, but, yeah, I want to just understand what it is that I'm supposed to do and at what timing and then just. If I get if I make the wrong choice, it's because I thought what the outcome was supposed to look like. Right? It wasn't necessarily what God saw. And that detour is what allows me to end up here because I was a U- University of Toronto um, registrar that took a leave of absence to heal from all of the ma- pain when my father died to end up doing a podcast about it. Mm-hmm that ends up going like uh, getting a really good push and niche following to COVID happening to having had done hundreds and hundreds of videos that I could just keep putting things out and then saying, well, those are edited videos. I wonder what it would be like if I was just me talking to people on Instagram live. And then that became a whole other thing. And from there, I was offered to do my own late night talk show on FIVA TV, which I did. I created a show for them called Late Night Cocktails. You can see it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Wow. It plays even on Digicel and Flow in the Caribbean and Africa. Nice. So it's in 23 countries. And I did that. Like, I didn't have any... Uh, where did that come from? Right. It, this is 2020. Yeah. It is only 2022, right. and all of this had happened. Mm-hmm. I also started to take pictures mm-hmm. and um, on, on set. And on the Niger Wives of Toronto, uh, I was the behind the scenes photographer on that show. And then they found out about my cocktails podcast. Mm -hmm. And then they said, do you want to host our reunion special? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Thinking that that's, oh, I'm I'm there. I'm at the where I need to be. No, there's more. They're like, oh, we want to make you one of the wives. What? (laughs) What does my storyline have to be? Mm -hmm. What you do? What? I'm in. Sign me up. Like, how is it that I start with the intention to heal and become sexually knowledgeable about myself to 
doing my own talk show, speaking to hundreds and hundreds of people, um, going uh, formulating my own talk show, going on to the Niger Wives, starting another podcast that really is about the arts and sports and entertainment and people's life's journey in the cocktail hour. Like my, and now doing a documentary with Selena Caesar Chavan about the things and the ways that God has impressed upon me mm-hmm. to see it. It's like my photography. If we both take a picture of that, the way that I take a picture of it is informed by so much. Mm-hmm. And so when I speak based on my experience, I'm looking back in my mind and it's photographic to me. So I'm describing what I see. Mm-hmm. So my language seems really le- like colorful, and f- but it's because I see it in, like, in the visual of my mind. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting the opportunity to become a documentary filmmaker where I'm literally going to take the pictures in the way that I'm thinking and put it onto film. Mm-hmm. That is like... I whispered those things to God in those moments back when I was being hurt. Yeah. Like, you know, I would dream in like of camera lens. Mm-hmm. I knew when the when I was dreaming, if I was dreaming this, I would know that there's a camera behind me taking in all of you. And then another one just panning our faces like mm-hmm. that's how I dreamt about things. Mm-hmm. I always knew that I liked the visual. And now I feel like there's confirmation. Mm-hmm. And I had to do really hard work to get here. And I don't think anyone understands Mm. what it's like to look in the deepest, darkest, ugliest parts of yourself, own it, (laughs) and then rise back. Like I went deep sea diving, and you have to come back up slow. But I went up pretty fast, and I knew it was gonna hurt my ears, but God called me so he'd heal me when I got back up. Two years is all of this has happened, no. I went in. Yeah. <laughs> you can change you in any amount of time. Yeah, you can. Any amount. Any time. Like, hopefully, there's many people that are going to be convicted to yeah. be like, I can love God and God can love me, yeah. even in where the place I stand right now. Yeah. That will be the greatest glory to mm-hmm. him. Because, so I just live in my truth, and I do my, and it's, and it's fulfilling the purpose. Yeah. And more of us, I feel, I want to help people find their voice because they're so silent. Yeah. And I... I'm fearless in that sense where I don't I don't have no shame about that because you're trying to put that shame on me, but God took that shame right. away. Yeah, exactly. Right? Totally, so yeah. you can't tell me nothing yeah, anymore. I'm exactly. so free. Yeah. So I talk and people are like, oh. How could you say that? How could you say that? That's not true. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you just say that? Did she oh my the amount of times <laughs> I've heard? LA! I hear LA! Did she just say that? Oh my God, did you hear what LA just said? You just said it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> right. And I like how you said that Like the shame is gone. Like Once he takes it away, you can't put it. Nobody can put it on you. Yeah. No, right? it's gone. It's by choice if you allow it to be on you. So yeah. Exactly. Um, I wanted to go back a little bit because I know you talked more about your mom, but I wanted to hear more about, was your father in your life or was it kind of like... Right. So my father, he he passed away in 2014, and um, he was in my life up until about nine ten, mm-hmm. and um, he he had had a heart attack, and he told the story that I was given is that he was going to back to Grenada where our fam- my family is from, and he's going to recover and heal from the heart attack, but then I remember being eleven and being sent on a plane by myself. Uh, so the air, the air, the flight attendant would take care of me and I would transfer to the next flight attendant mm-hmm. till I got, to, got there. 
And um, I went to visit my dad. And as I'm having brunch with my dad, there's this baby in a high chair. And I was like, and he goes, this is your brother. And I'm like, but mom's back in, yeah, like, like what? But I didn't really think about that. Because, again, yeah. there was nobody really intervening to let me know. Like, there was no moral authority when I was growing up. Where is it? From the people touching right. me? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's from the mother that's not there? Love you, mom. It's not a, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's you, not you are awesome. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's yeah. like, I don't know any better that I'm like, oh, okay, hey, cool. Like, right. big up yourself. Right. You know, I don't know you. Yeah. And then only to know that now, I, I only learned now. No one ever said why he, this man never came back. Yeah. I was probably um, 28 the next time I spoke to my dad. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, no COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was probably 28 because I had just had my first son. At 28, I was married. I was married, and then the son came, um, as if it matters. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's what that's what that's the next time I saw him, and I have I found video footage of that recently. Oh, wow. Of um, we had documented it for some reason, and it's just like very trippy to look at that. Um, but that was the first time that I had seen my father and his new wife, who. And, and it was only only a few years ago, actually, that I learned that my mom had been didn't didn't separate from him, even though he was down there, two new kids now wow. and a new woman. And she was sent she would send money mm-hmm. to him and he helped it helped built a house that he had down there. And um, she eventually divorced him at 10 after 10 years of that. Ten years. That's a long time. If you want to understand why black women want to just do their own thing. (laughs) I don't know. It wasn't very reciprocal then. And then to my point from before, we passed that on to our daughters. Like, do you see your trifling dad? Is he here for you? Blah, blah, blah. That's a more American. We don't really talk like that here. But (laughs) but yes, that's that's what we're doing. And and so um, reciprocity in a relationship is like so key and not reciprocity like I do this so you have to do the exact thing back you have to know your partner Mm -hmm. so that you can respond to them in all the ways that will make them feel whole and when that person doesn't feel whole that's where the deviations start to occur Mm -hmm. because uh, to, to give it back to God there is he has a way that he wants it to go and our expectations of what marriage is supposed to be keeps us in bondage mm-hmm. instead of discerning and listening to the word of God to know when to lower the net. Mm-hmm. And so we stay there without lowering the net and we miss our blessings mm-hmm. because we're trying to be loyal to culture and not to God mm-hmm. and his voice. Mm-hmm. So don't let culture, like societal norms is not the same thing as God's word. Yeah. For sure. Right? It's not the same. Yeah. So that's why I know that I can do the things that I do online and feel no conviction about it until he wants to convict me to make it different. But I had the life I had, and that's why I do it the way that I do it. And he can't be wrong for that because I'm here talking to a Christian radio Mm -hmm. podcast Mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. So he knows what he's doing. He's reaching who he's supposed to reach. So I'm not going to shut my mouth because you can't tell me who I am. Come on. He tells you who you are. (laughs) Exactly. It's back to identity. Right. Those there's probably key things that you can create a curriculum from (laughs) based on like, you know, the the black person's guide to getting back together with Jesus. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It 
we, we talked on the phone our, our little like pre-interview you talked about how you have kids and yeah been they're married dope before and my kids are the bomb Aww. let's talk about that like because their mom's dope okay. Hello. Yeah, I, like, I know who i am i know who i am they are talk about it <laughs> that's exactly yeah. it and did i mess up the first one a little bit yeah mm. it's I not his fault i didn't know who i was yeah. right but now I checked the play, and so now I'm breaking generational curses, yeah. right? In his name, literally. Yeah. So, yeah, I, my children are the bomb. So the oldest one's name is Cyrus. He's a dope little skateboarder that's into stocks and, and, and things like that. Um, he likes to live with his dad because he does things that I don't really want around the little one. And we have an understanding, so we text each other, I love you, I love you. You know, you have to maintain the relationship based on the person you're in relationship with and the way that they want to communicate. Does he want me to be one of those moms? No, he doesn't. Mm. Because we never had that when we were little. It doesn't matter what awakening I've had now. He had an experience too, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So with his experience, I have to meet him where he is and allow for the space for it to grow from there. I can't let my expectations weed out and stifle the growth that is my son. So I have to let him be who he is. And we have a beautiful relationship because I don't overwhelm him in the way that I probably did before. And we have to be accountable to how we raise our children, Um, no matter the age. If you're young and you're having a child, then use your mentors and people you know that God is leading you to 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 help you and to learn what to do. Don't suffer alone. It's the other thing we do. The silence and the alienation and the isolation is killing us. That's, and then we put we tuck ourselves in with shame, yeah. and we sit in that bed, and then we don't hear yeah. anything except our own internal yeah. conflict, so you never know when to layer, lower your net. Right. We keep missing our blessings. Right. So yeah. sad. So Cyrus is the oldest, and then... Cyrus is the oldest, and then the youngest one is nine, and he, his name is Brayden. Cyrus is 20, oh. and um, yeah... It's the whole thing. <laughs> Listen, I've just now started to understand that I'm actually 48 years old. No, you do and not so, look 48. I know, I hear it all the time. What? No, I did not think you're 48. Yeah, I'm not 48, dead. I almost said dead. Yeah. So, yes, I'm <laughs> wow. 48. And Angel, I find one. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, so I have a 20-year-old son, and, um, and I have a 9-year-old son, and... They both look like my mom, and I think I look like my mom. Oh, strong so, and her name is Jean. So, yeah, Jean wow. makes has strong genes for sure. Mm. And like I said, the oldest one is into stocks and skateboarding. Uh, he was an amazing soccer player, but he chose skateboarding, right. and he blames me for it. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but you weren't paying attention. And I know I should have oh. been a better mom, but okay, I digress. Um, so we talk about this all the time. But my youngest one, he has a little special gifting himself. Um, he's fiercely emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an artist. He has he's, he thinks in pictures also, um, and he is <laughs> he is the perfect balance of everyone in in our family, like the best of everybody. Kind of, and then he's also human, so he's not like you know. Hello, the little demon child does run around sometimes. <laughs> The last one, me and her are last one. Oh. <laughs> they wrote free up. <laughs> yeah. Let me, yeah. Let me sit back you, and learn. You lay in the more. cut. Yeah. So, like, he's really good at that. Like, he said to me the other day the most profound thing. He says a lot of profound things, but the latest one was, you don't have to be perfect for me to love you. Mm. Was that you or God? Like, Come on now, who's talking? Who's talking <laughs> in there? <laughs> but, yes, both of them. Yeah. Because 
that's who they are. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he also at one point said to his father, who wasn't really a believer, um, if, you do, if you make Jesus number one in your life, Dad, you won't have any problems. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell him to say that. Wow. You know what I mean? There's this really cool cartoon on YouTube called Bible Man, and it's not like corny. It's good. Right, right. So he watches that sometimes, and that's where he got that from because it, they were literally saying that in the in one of the shows. Yeah. So that's where he got that from. He he's just um, he has a lot of empathy. He has all a lot of my quirks mm-hmm. um, with the anxiety as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I I I'm an educator, not because of school. Like I, I those things. Yeah. You are who God says you are. <laughs> so you might be going to school and studying this, yeah. but God says you're that. So yeah. that was great. It will inform what you're doing. But that's not right. So don't feel bad yeah. when you don't go in the direction that you're planning for. Yeah. And that's what I meant by the expectation mm-hmm. makes us. Um, even Stephen Furtick said this. <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of stuff. <laughs> he's he's really he's good. Really good. Yeah. He said that our expectations deteriorate our faith. Mm. Because if we don't get it the way we think we're supposed to get it, yeah. we doubt. We doubt yeah. And it drops our vibration of getting the thing we want. He didn't say that. That's me saying mm-hmm. that part. But that's how I interpret what he's saying. And that's how, what it means for me. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of um, really great, great teaching from where God leads me. And so he's led me here for some reason. Um, shout out to Tope, who, mm-hmm. who brought me to the Christian Center yeah. um, by introduction of a, of a book club of a book that I was supposed to be, like, reading from time. <laughs> Trust me, I know those books. From okay. time I had this book in my house, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. not reading it. And then yeah. he's, I'm like, he's like, you should come to this book club. I'm like, eh. He goes, yeah. I go, what's the name of the book? He says, The Purpose Driven Life. And I'm like, oh, it's haunting. It's all right, I'm going to come. Yeah. I'm going to come. So yeah. we went online, and I, I was at the first one, and then my life exploded with all of this right. stuff. So I had to detour. But I had met Prince, Pastor Prince, mm-hmm. and um, I'm like, you want, you sure you want me? <laughs> I, <laughs> the, me, because I don't really change up who I am too tough, yeah. right? right? Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to send you some videos mm-hmm. so that you can let me know if you want me to come and be a part of whatever's going on at the mm-hmm. Christian Center. And he watched it and still invited me right here. Yeah. So this is how that happened. Uh, shout out to Tope. Um, I appreciate you. You've prayed with me. You've been a very, very good friend to me. Um, and in such a short period of time, God knows what he's doing. Right. It was such a chance meeting in regards to acting. And it was the Niger wives that actually led me to find Tope. Yeah. So I would have never been on that show. Like, right. what am I doing on a reality? I'm not Nigerian either. Like, <laughs> I thought you were. That's I'm what I was like when I went. Yeah, no, I'm not Nigerian. Although I've heard I'm Ibu looking. Well, you probably do have some. Yeah, yeah. Ibu. Like, you know. We all have everything, right? right? Everything, yeah. We all have everything in us, especially us, because we're the original people. Right, yeah. So, yeah, we're all in there. And I don't know what I was doing on the show, but that's what led me to Tope. Yeah. And um, he's been such a, like, I'm isolated a lot, mm-hmm. um, but God, I think it's purposeful. I Even I have, I've written prayers into my, uh, into my notebook, and um, a lot of them talk about that. So, and he leaves, I asked him to leave me voice notes of a book that he's reading through so that I can get the word because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, or I, I'm lazy, but I'm also not lazy because I'm doing his work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I, whenever it gets too much, that's when I know that I'm really supposed to do something. Mm-hmm. And if I don't listen, he gives me a little like, hey, hey, gal, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. He's like, it's time. Lower yeah. the net. You, right. you hear? Right. Lower your net. It's it's time now. Mm-hmm. So whatever you've been doing, stop the BS and you know do what yeah. I'm asking you to do. And and for the most part, I think I'm being blessed because I I'll do it. Yeah. I'll I'll try. I'm trying a thing. I'm here. I'm like, you sure you want me to talk? <laughs> okay, right. I'm gonna cut co- because I talk all the time, but I never speak in a Christian space. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's rules in in the Christian space, yeah. Yeah. but there's not rules with your relationship unless He expresses them to you. Right. So I don't know. I'm here. I'm I'm just trying to be obedient. I got you, boo. <laughs> Whatever you need. I. <laughs> I, I do this thing in the morning called pillow talk, mm-hmm. and it's where I, I'm by myself, so <laughs> I sleep alone with my elephant, yeah. my stuffed elephant, no, obviously not a real elephant, <laughs> um, and I talk to God. Yeah. We have pillow talk, mm-hmm. and I literally pretend sometimes, like I turn over on my side, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, man, like it was hard this week, Dread. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and that's how I'll, that's, that's what my, so a lot of my prayers sound like, mm-hmm. and um Something will happen, like I'll get a text or something. I open the blinds and it's like the most beautiful sunrise Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's just like, he's got me. I know that might not seem like, because when you are in the flesh, that hocus pocus is not like the ass this girl's talking about. I want a man's arms around me. What are you talking about? (laughs) But until you work on your relationship, you won't know what I'm talking about because when you experience God moving in your life, you can express it to someone, but I can just be like, wow, that sounds amazing. But I don't know. Like, it's your experience. You were there. So that's what I would say is, like, always work on your relationship, not only with him but with other people Mm because he uses other people, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I'm dating, and it's so fun. I've never dated without (laughs) wanting to, like, jump into bed. So, so now I'm dating, and it's just like, who are who is who are you? Like, who sent yeah. you? What's your like? What are you here for? Yeah. What's your mission? Who are you here for? What do you need from me? Like, I'm so more like, yeah. What's this all about? Right. So it's like I'm I'm really in the, but then I'm also showing up in a way that is my identity, that is getting a different response than I've gotten from before. Like. They have to step up in our life yeah. if they need to step up in my life. Yeah. So they come to me, and I'm much more um, divine feminine energy-like. Mm. I know a lot of black women have like that masculine energy that makes all of the black men run to white women. God love everybody, <laughs> just like my mom. I'm not, I stir the pot, I talk the things them, and this is my knowing. Right. Okay, I'm not doing a sociological research. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm spilling some tea about what I see. And, you know, and I'm all for self-accountability. That was another big thing that I've learned in my healing journey is um, the self-accountability of how I show up in a situation. So, um, when all the women that talk about they don't have men and all of these different things, it, it's also what are you, not what you're bringing to the table, but how are you showing up for yourself and you're representing, you're representing something. What are you representing in that person's life? And, and what are they representing in yours? And that's the reciprocity that I don't think is happening. Um, and while we, 
men should, could dabble a little bit softer too sometimes. Not too much because for me, I'm like old school and I love a man's man. Yeah. But I want him to be considerate. And if considerate means being in feminine energy, then be in feminine energy. Yeah. I give you permission because right. I need it. I want it. Um, and I can tone down my assertiveness and learn to, not my assertiveness, my aggressiveness. Because mm-hmm. you can, if you speak assertively from a divine feminine energy, have that man like whatever you want baby (laughs) whatever she want i'm gonna give it to her yep because you've inspired that but you better do that 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 is not inspiring that (laughs) right Right. yeah so i just fixed all relationships try the tip (laughs) exactly so yeah i don't remember the question but i I answered anything. No, one point I wanted to touch on was um, you talked about relationships and stuff like that. But yeah. one thing you mentioned to me that you, you dealt with, like, sex addiction to some extent. Well, let or me clarify. Getting, yeah, please <laughs> Well, please I, okay. So sex addiction, I call, so my show on that started mm-hmm. is called Cocktails with L.A., mm-hmm. The Adventures of a Recovering Sex Addict. Yeah. And it is, I labeled it that for two reasons. One, I recognized that I used to barter sex for love because that's what I was taught. And so I'm always in search of love. So it was like an addiction, but for a different reason. It wasn't to gratify myself sexually. Mm -hmm. It was I wanted to gratify my the heart, my heart and my spirit. Um, And sex for people, it's it can feel like a spiritual experience. And it's because it is in a sense. Mm -hmm. I know they don't like to talk about it in the church, but it is Mm -hmm. when you orgasm that is spiritual (laughs) right and you're it's creation Mm -hmm. um and if you're not going to do anything with that creation i think that's what it like don't spill that seed Mm -hmm. like don't waste your creativity why are you in that relationship with Mm -hmm. the girl when you know you don't want to be with her why are you wasting your time like if you want to slam slam the Mm -hmm. one that you want to at least make (laughs) something with. or build something you know what i mean It's not, but to spill it wastefully is, Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's more the sin. Mm -hmm. Not so much like, I don't want to contradict the church. I don't speak for the church. I don't like whatever. I'm just saying that if you are having sex, Mm -hmm. number one, God still loves you. Mm -hmm. Number two, you have to discern what's going on in the never, I would never do that, yet here I am situation, right? right? You have to discern what's going on for you. Um, But whatever it is, make it good. Like, Mm -hmm. Fix your karma. Mm-hmm. Make it good. If, if you wrong somebody that you're in relationship with, right. are you not going to try to make it better? Right. right. I messed up, but look what I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do I, does that solve any problems? No, it doesn't. But that's your individual journey, not mine. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what to do. I can show you how I reconcile my life mm-hmm. and still, you know, praise God and, and not feel disconnected from him, even when I choose disconnection. I can't. I can't take off my black skin. Mm-hmm. I can't change the fact that my mother and father were the biological components of me. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. So God is who I am. He created me. Right. I can't separate myself from him. So let's learn to live together. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And that happens through a co-creation with reciprocity, with communication, with mm-hmm. love. With, and love includes like forgiveness right. and that's how we are able to overcome the, the, the divorce statistics mm-hmm. and cancel culture. That's how we do it. We love each other yeah. for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and stop spilling the seed. Just because she has, a, this is why I taught my son. I taught my son this. 
Yo, when I had to have the talk with my son, the talk. Most people are having the talk. So my talk went like this in case you want to use it. (laughs) I told him straight. I said, girls will touch you. You will look at girls and you are going to get aroused. When that thing gets the full-fledged power, just know that you're creating that experience. She didn't do anything. That doesn't mean you love her because your body responds to something. That's not love. There are way more check thing, things that you need check to check off, off yeah, before yeah. you claim love. And consistency over time goes a long way, too. Yeah. So that's how my talk went. And because I didn't make it long-winded or whatever with him, right. he can receive what I'm saying. Right, yeah. I also told him, don't bring no stupid gal home to me because I'll shame you. <laughs> you, gave, you, gave, you gave both. You gave what your mother would say to you and then what the new which, age Which, which coincides with what I'm saying. Yeah. We pass on what we're taught. Yeah. Yeah. But with new information. Right. right? So you guys are getting some of my old school yeah. and put matching it with yeah. your new school and then you're going to do... And transfer it on. Transfer and who it, yeah. knows? Maybe that's how Jesus comes back where mm-hmm. we finally pass it down far enough that we do get it. Mm-hmm. And there's a critical mass that many are called but the chosen are few mm-hmm. and he's reunited with... Israel's reunited with God. Right. Again, promised land. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's dual. It's right. a duality. Right. You know, as, as in heaven, as on earth, we have to... He, he wants to be here. Right. Yeah. We want to be there. I mean, I hope. Yeah. There's people trifling like a homeboy in the Matrix who said ignorance is bliss. But, you know, <laughs> for the most part, we're all like Neo and Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you feel like you're Trinity, like deep down? Not her, but like the idea. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Going back a little bit to like dating and stuff like that. Do you feel like when you guys are like talking and stuff like that, do you feel like when you share your story or like get deeper into like talking to a specific person do they judge you or they do they like kind of like whoa about me dating yeah like your your past yeah yeah, yeah. do i my present relationships um when i'm in a relationship which i haven't really been in one since i got divorced um back in 2016 i've gone on lots of dates but i wouldn't say that i've been consistently dating i tried to date at least one person and he wasn't it. He, no, he's not here. <laughs> so he definitely was not it. But he was such a great pivot into the woman I am right now. Because I already knew that I was already searching, because like 2016 to 2021, that's still a long time yeah. to really like observe. What yeah. am I doing? What, why am I making these mistakes? Mm-hmm. So when I got to someone that I thought was the right person, I can see why mm-hmm. I chose that. Yeah. Yeah. Which showed me my growth, mm. but that person you can't you can't make somebody. They have to choose you, yeah. and they have to respect you, right. and they have to respect where you are. Um, I talked to this guy last night, and he said, you know, women. He had this old school, like yeah. older Jamaican guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, women, they have to know their place, and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, yeah, but he's like, look at these new modern women. Mm. Right? They don't know how to put themselves where they have to cook for their man and blah, blah, blah. So he went on that kind yeah, of ta- yeah. tyrant or, or, or what's the word? Tangent. Rant. Tangent. Rant. Rant. That's what Rant. I did. I put them together. <laughs> you see how my brain works? Lord have mercy. So he was on that kind of rant. And he said um, that I told him that the, the divorce rate is high because as people grow, we're not accepting where they are with their growth. And then we personalize it and, and, and think that it's, 
you have to, you know, I want my own personal freedom and my this and that, the, the narcissistic part of us. And I, he was speaking about the women, and I said to him, you know, as that woman evolves from the learning that she was given by her mother, she's becoming a new person. And if your relationship is reciprocal, you will speak to her and find out what's going on for her. And if her needs have changed, you change the needs. If your needs aren't being met because she's becoming that person, then figure out how to communicate. You have to have, in your relationship, you gotta talk to each other. But you don't just cancel the person because it's not the expectation for you to have doubt whether or not you should be with that person or not. That's what we're doing. I feel like it's even like, I think someone gave an example of like, let's say you didn't like hot dogs like five years ago, and all yeah. of a sudden now you like them. And they're right. like, wait, you didn't like hot dogs. I don't know what you're doing. Yes. It's not the same. And all and bets like, are off. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean? But you. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand. Like, our taste palette evolves. We right. evolve. We yeah. change over the years. And we don't like the same things, us. right? Exactly. It's like, why isn't the question... You like hot dogs now? Mm-hmm. Wow, what brought what that on? Yeah. What changed? What made Be it curious. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. see another signpost for the for the for the curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Be curious. <laughs> yes, be curious yeah. in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Be curious about God. Like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. And why did you choose a rainbow to represent the promise? Right. And like right. have be curious about God, about each other. Mm-hmm. I, I often, often talk about um, Ian Levanzant, who's another, like, mm-hmm. who doesn't? Well, a lot of people don't like her because they're. I know, but she thinks she. Now I can see how she, you remind me kind of. Oh, like, yeah, I've I love, heard that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, like a Wendy oh, Williams, a Ian Levanzant mixed, mixed together. Yeah. Looking cuter yeah. than yeah. both. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great. That's a great mix. Yeah, I can see that. I've heard that. I, that I can't take the credit for that. <laughs> People have act, more than one person yeah, has told me that. So that's now, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Iyanla Van Zant has this concept about trust in her book Trust, mm-hmm. where she says you have to have trust of self, mm-hmm. um, trust of God, trust of community, and trust of the process. And these trusts all work together mm-hmm. for the good, right? <laughs> um, but she says that she specifically puts self over God in that situation because. Our trusting of self is what allows us to have faith, mm-hmm. yeah. right, in God. Mm-hmm. So it's not that God comes second. It's this that you're, you have to do something first, and that's very much in order of what God says. Mm-hmm. You have to make that move. Yeah. He asks you the question, do you want this drink? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be well? Mm-hmm. You, okay, then get up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, lower your net. Yeah. Do something when I'm asking you to, mm-hmm. at the right. time I'm asking you to, and you will have what you're looking for, right? right? So that's the same thing. And I, I'm glad that I just reminded myself by talking about the well because when I was doing that sex and spirituality podcast, you can go to my website or my IG, Cocktails Plug, with LA. Put it in below. C-O-C-K-T-A-L-E-S. <laughs> yes, with LA. That I have an Instagram live with Pastor Daniel Winter where he actually prophesized over my life saying that, um, I'm going to say this in front of all of your viewers, you guys may misunderstand her life, but I'm telling you, mm. she is going to be great for the kingdom of God. Mm. And then he says, and I know you're saying, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he prayed with me before I came in here because I had to call him because he, he knew that this, something like this would happen. He didn't know what. He just knew that something like this would happen right. because he saw it. And when, I didn't know that man. Mm. <laughs> I, that was how I met him. Wow. 
and I had done a pre-call like how we did. And then I went on the live with him. So that was the only interaction, just much like this. Right. So when he when we did the pre-call, he said, I know who you are. And I said, who am I? Because <laughs> I know too, but you let me know what you know. Yeah. Right? Actually, I didn't know then. I didn't know then. I was still like Thinking trying to figure out. it out. Right. And he helped me to see it. He confirmed it in me. He said, you're the woman at the well. Mm. I said, the woman at the well? He said, yes, this is the woman I think it's John 14 or something. John 14, where the Sumerian woman goes to get water at a particular time of day because she feels shame because she would not man. Right? Right, and she was one, she was with one right now. And he said, that's who you are. And I'm like, damn. She's like, is that a good or bad thing? Right? I'm like, damn, you're right, though. <laughs> I, I'm the woman at the well. And he says, but the most significant part about that story is that he offers her a drink that will make her no longer thirst. So I actually named a book that I'm working on, Thirsty AF, From the Desert to the Well, Mm. because that's what's happened. That's my story. And it's just a modern version of it in everything that was crazy that happened to me. And I think it will be an interesting read, because what I've been doing is... um, taping myself during my therapy sessions or I journal certain prayers that I've made in moments of like pain or whatever. So I want to make the book have those things in there so that you know what doing the work looks like. Almost like uh, I have the book Thirsty AF, but then this other section of doing the work of how I went from the desert to the well. And yeah, it's not even smart. I just feel like I'm supposed to, I mean, I guess it is smart, but that's what our savior is. Like, mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing. I, I say I have a holy ghost writer. Mm. <laughs> Not just the ghost writer, I got the holy yeah, ghost writer. Come on. Yeah. I feel I, like no one sees the process of, like, the healing. They just see the finished product. Girl? Yeah. And it's like, okay, but, like, yeah. how am I supposed to? How did you get there? How do you get you there? cry enough. Oh, no. Oh, no. We can okay. pause for the cause. Hey, we are back. Sorry, guys. Our camera died. But <laughs> Too much heat. <laughs> Too much fire. <laughs> Too much salt. So we're just going to end off. Oh, hold on. We're just going to end off with some this or that questions to see, you know, you know where you're at, you know, what you like, you know. Just know that if I never thought I would be there and I happen to choose something <laughs> different. Disclaimer, okay? Yes, yes. If you guys have some off the top of your head, you can act. But let me just go. Lil' Kim or Foxy Brown? Um, Don't make me choose. You got (laughs) to choose. I'm sorry. You got to choose. Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim, okay. I would have chose that too. I feel bad because she lost, Foxy lost her hearing or something. She has a hearing thing. Yeah, Yeah, there's a hearing thing. So it's like, did I want to give her the pity vote? (laughs) No, I (laughs) You don't want that vote. <laughs> when they're both at their prime, that's what right? you're Right? You don't want that vote. Sneakers or heels? Sneakers all day. Hello. Okay. <laughs> okay, I actually didn't know that. Okay. Me too. I thought you were saying heels. No. Phone in the bathroom or no phone? Depends on who else is with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's raising disclaimer. That's just real. <laughs> So want. <laughs> night or morning? Like, are you a night person or a morning? What do you prefer? I'm both. Like, I, I could get, I could get up first thing in the morning and have the exact same energy. I guess I'm more morning then, because mm-hmm. I love asleep. Me too. Mm-hmm. I love asleep. So, but 
if it calls for me to be lit in the night, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, R&B or hip-hop? Hip-hop. Why so? I want to... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a, you know, I'm a philosopher. Hmm. I think very deeply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, hip-hop gives me something to think about. Mm-hmm. If it's good, yeah. right? It's, it's, a, it's a reflection. It's, it's what I believe in. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it's an imaginative um, tool for our community, and that's why it's, it helped to usher in a new time. Yeah. Because before that, the narrative was, as you know, <laughs> you know, Kunta and yeah. all of this stuff, and yeah. nothing wrong with Kunta, yeah. right? But there's more, mm-hmm. yeah. and we, don't, we can't think about more without having um, language or the experiences to it. Yeah. Like, we can only think about what we know. Yeah. We can't think, we, imagination comes from experiences that you may have seen or, you know, you remember about some time in your life. So if you haven't seen or done a lot with your life, your imagination can be limited, yeah. right? So hip-hop per, and movies and things like that, that's, that's where everything stimulates the imagination, and that's why I think I'm passionate about doing film. Okay. Jerk chicken or oxtail? Jerk chicken. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's sacrilege. You're, you're, she's like, I'm just disappointed with you all around. <laughs> Yeah, but true saying, you know, when you get old, you try to go into a vegan life. Yeah. So I'm vegan-ish. Okay. Okay. But I just, I love an oxtail. Yeah, yeah, I love oxtail. It depends. It's a, that's a tough one. But yeah. if I have to re- react, yeah. jerk chicken. But true say, I haven't had either, except I had um, oxtail in um, New York. I was just in New York. Mm. Shout out to Nadia who came with me. And I, I didn't order the flipping mm. I wish I did. That meat was so sweet. Oh. It just melted. It was so good. Shout out to Negril. It's called um, Negril. I heard of that. Yeah, Negril Village. That's what it's called. Negril Village in New York City in Manhattan. Not the, uh, there's a fake version of it called Negril BK, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's just not Negril Village. That's all. <laughs> Radio or, par- or podcast? Wow, it's perfect. Podcast. Well, now it's podcast. Mm-hmm. Before it used to be radio. Because I, I was, my mom always used to listen. Shout out to my mom. Right? That's what I'm saying. She's, she's loved. Right? This woman is loved. She used to listen to talk radio a lot when I was like buckled into the back of the seat or driving wherever yeah. she would go. And um, I was, I think I learned a lot about the culture of where I live because I listened to these white people talking about everything that made them so upset. And even then, my my high chair or whatever, I'm like, these people have first world problems. Like, I kind of like, this is what they're talking yeah. about. Even at a very young age, you could see the hypocrisy. And then, God love my mother, she's Catholic and um, hardcore. And we always, I'm like, at least we, at least I love Jesus. We, we got that in common. Yeah. But she's like strictly Catholic, and so she it, it's hard for her. Um, I don't remember why I'm telling you this, but anyway, my mom's Catholic, and um, and we both love Jesus. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah. And lastly, if you were stuck on an island, what are three things you are bringing? Mm, my vibe. Okay. <laughs> can't leave that one. I can't leave my vibe at home. So that's number one. The second thing I'm doing is bringing my lash girl. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> lash girl, 
Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Cam. Come on. Um, let me see. I don't. I don't really. I would bring a floaty. <laughs> <laughs> she's like the fun is probably already there yeah I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna fun. make the fun yeah. mm. um can I would bring a friend mm, mm. for sure yeah and yeah. that's and, and I have that in God but like it would be nice to be held at yeah, night yeah 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 and so a male friend mm. yeah <laughs> I had to think about that for a second he has to be like highly evolved though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a stretch for there. some men but um it's okay yeah. we're working on y'all mm. <laughs> Self accountability. Of course. You got it. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, you just want to. Where can people find you? Yes. What yeah. is something new that you're working on? I think you kind of touched based upon yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so on Instagram, I am in two places. One is at this is LA Wade, and then my shows are kind of like at cocktails with LA. So it's the C O C K T A L E S with L A. And I'm sitting in this poof of pink tutus that uh, in that picture. And, and then on YouTube, please, can you guys just please subscribe? I don't know why it's so hard for people hard to, to subscribe. Man, Listen, I'll, I'll subscribe to you if you subscribe to me. If you subscribe, and I'll subscribe. You know, it, does, it literally doesn't mean, and if you, if you never listen to it's me again. It's fine. I'm yeah. telling you, it's, it's hard. Really no, good. trust me, we understand. And just turn off the yeah. notifications. Yeah. I don't, like. Can you just, just help a sister out? Just help a it. sister out. So please, <laughs> everybody out there, I'm go to. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do, do it right now. Yeah, please do. I'm going to look for, right listen, I have my phone. I'm going to see the notification. So let's see if that actually legit goes down. So you know how people lie. But then I'll have to follow back. But so on YouTube, it's Cocktails with LA. I might be changing it soon to the Elephant Room TV to just start playing with some of the content. And um, if you need to reach me, you can reach me at thisislawade at gmail.com. I'm a 300 subscriber. Oh, oh, okay. Let me see. Legit, look. New subscriber. Legitness. There you go. I don't know if you can zoom in, but that's what it is. Wow, you're, you just got 300, and we're trying to get to 200. Well, listen. Yeah. People. Listen, that's a year. It took to just jump into that section. Yeah. It's hard. I know, it's, it's hard. I, I promote a lot, too. I've gone through different phases of promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to invite you guys to be on my show, The Cocktail Hour, which is on Mondays at 5 p.m. live on Facebook and, and YouTube Live. It also goes live on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you could do well, that. <laughs> this stream, stream yard is life. So um, so the other thing that where you can reach me or the thing that I'm working on right now is a documentary. And it's the first time that I'm doing something like this. But Selena Caesar Chavan, who is uh, a powerhouse in her own right, yeah. and she was working in the political sphere, and she had a very interesting experience in politics, um, leaving business, going into politics, becoming the parliamentary secretary to Prime Minister Trudeau, and then leaving that position because of a whole bunch of drama that became public. Um, there was a shouting match, and she also is really well known for a viral video uh, promoting, you know, black women and other women having, you know, being able to rock their braids and do their thing. And then she most recently read, wrote a book called "Can You Hear Me Now," and it's about her journey through life and discovering her passion. And she is an amazing woman. 
And I'm going to be going out to Kenya to look at some of the NGOs that are out there that Canada supports. And I'm trying to gather the voices of people who don't speak out very often so that the whole movie becomes Can You Hear Us Now? So I'm telling the stories of many, many people from different places that don't usually speak out. We want to hear what you have to say. And I want to know why. And then we want to know how to support you. Um, because that's how you spread love. Shout out to Jason Faulkner. <laughs> She's doing the work, guys. She's doing, doing the, work. the work. I'm a community builder at heart. Mm-hmm. So um, when you ask me to be on the podcast, I'm very grateful because I want to support people and I want to um, promote myself mm-hmm. and I want to promote community because that's how we can rebuild the strength of what God's plan is for all of us. He doesn't want us to suffer and be divisive, but we need to learn relationship, and that greatest relationship starts with him. Right. So right. thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. It's honor. Yeah. It's honor. For gracing our stage. You're welcome. Well, guys, you know what to do. Subscribe, like, share, tell a friend, and tell a friend. We have talked a lot, but great gems today. Yes, honestly, yeah, I learned a lot. For sure. I'm gonna rewatch this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on, represent. <laughs> but until then, that's all, folks. We are the Juxtaposition Podcast, and we're out of here. Peace. Bye.